Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. House of Representatives passes debt relief bill for Caribbean nations. Fugitive cruise ships seized in the Bahamas. Jamaican Bauxite Mining Limited to undertake multi-million dollar development project. Biden administration promises a year of action in renewables for Puerto Rico. Barbados and Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization to strengthen relations. Puerto Rico receives in extradition the leader of the Dominican drug trafficking ring and Antigua sailor to receive honor from Queen Elizabeth II. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, February 8th. We start a report today with a look at the U.S. House of Representatives support for Caribbean nations. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer and the Virgin Islands Consortium both report that a bill to support debt relief for the Caribbean and other developing countries has passed in the U.S. House of Representatives. According to the VI Consortium report, U.S. Virgin Islands Congresswoman Stacey Plastic announced on Monday that passage of the American Competes Act of 2022 in the House of Representatives includes significant legislation sponsored by her office. The measure now heads to the Senate. The Senate passed its own version of the bill in June, at a cost of $250 billion. Ms. Plaskett in a statement said, I'm extremely pleased that the House agreed to my amendment to include my and Representative Don Young's proposal for a new $10 billion NOAA grant program to implement projects and restore a marine estuary or coastal habitats in the United States, create jobs for fishermen in the United States, or facilitate climate change adaptation along U.S. coastlines. The bill contains the following provisions for the U.S. Virgin Islands and the broader Caribbean. Extends the Trade Adjustment Assistance for Workers Program to the Virgin Islands and other U.S. territories. Expands apprenticeship opportunities in the Virgin Islands. Includes STEM education at historically black colleges and universities. Directs the U.S. State Department to submit a multi-year strategy for increasing U.S. economic competitiveness and promoting good governance, human rights, and the rule of law in Latin America and Caribbean countries. Promotes U.S. regional cooperation with Caribbean countries for improving energy security, grid reliability, and energy efficiency, as well as reforming energy markets and investing in cleaner energy technologies. Promoting long-term resilience in the Caribbean to natural disasters, severe weather events, and a changing ocean environment by authorizing appropriations in support of the U.S.-Caribbean Resilience Partnership launched in 2019, and updates and creates programs to address climate change, ecosystem loss, disease outbreaks, and other threats to coral reefs. The Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who represents New York's 14th Congressional District, says the legislation also places a moratorium on debt payments for countries that are applying to be part of the common framework, she added, developing nations whose early economies and political systems 
were crippled by colonialism and foreign intervention deserves a real opportunity to compete, to build independent, sustainable economies unburdened by impossible levels of debt. The World Bank has warned of a significant 12% increase in the debt burden of developing countries to record 860 billion U.S. dollars in view of the COVID-19 pandemic, call for expeditious efforts to reduce debt levels. COVID-19 has dealt a major blow to the world's poorest countries, causing a recession that could push more than 100 million people into extreme poverty, the Washington-based financial institution said in a statement last December. That is why the World National Bank and the International Monetary Fund urged G20 countries to establish the Debt Service Suspension Initiative, is helping countries concentrate their resources on fighting the pandemic and safeguarding the lives and livelihoods of millions of people most vulnerable. Since it took effect May 1, 2020, the bank said the initiative has delivered more than 10.3 billion U.S. dollars in relief to more than 40 eligible countries. RT News reports that two Crystal cruise ships, the Crystal Symphony and the Crystal Serenity vessels, were taken into custody on Friday near Freeport in the Bahamas for overrun unpaid fuel bills, according to Cruise Law News and The Insider. There were only crew members aboard during the seizure, as hundreds of passengers had earlier disembarked in Bimini which is the closest point to the Bahamas to the U.S. mainland. The Crystal Symphony was supposed to dock in Miami on January 22nd after a 14-day cruise to the Caribbean, but the ship was diverted from its course and headed to Bimini in order to avoid U.S. arrest warrants. Earlier in February, the Crystal Serenity also made its way to the Bahamas after being denied entry into Aruba. The U.S. judge had earlier ordered the seizure of the ships after a civil lawsuit filed by Peninsula Petroleum Far East against its operators, Crystal Cruises and Star Cruises, which are owned by Genting Hong Kong Limited. The company claimed that Genting Hong Kong Limited owed it $4.6 million in unpaid fuel fees with $1.2 million from this sum referring to the Crystal Symphony's operations. Jamaica Information System reports that Jamaican Bauxite Mining Limited will be undertaking a multi-million dollar commercial and industrial park development project in Linford, St. Anne, where the company's main activities are concentrated. Minister of Transportation and Mining, the Honorable Audley Shaw, made a disclosure following a tour of Jamaican Bauxite Mining Limited's operation in the parish last Friday, along with State Minister, the Honorable J.C. Hutchinson. Mr. Shaw told the Jamaican Information Service News that the project is slated to commence in 2022, indicating that the proposed commercial and industrial park will feature, among other things, state-of-the-art facilities designed to accommodate business process outsourcing, manufacturing, retail shops, and small and large warehouses. Mr. Shaw also visited the Linford Mining Company in the parish, which extracts and processes high-purity limestone products. The minister, the minister said 
The aggregate material being produced is of high technological level, noting that limestone is being processed into sand for commercial use. As you know, Jamaica has probably the largest area of limestone deposits in the entire region. So it is something that we, the government, have to look at as one of the alternatives going forward, even as we have seen some somewhat of a decline in the bauxite alumni business. So limestone is definitely one of the areas that we have to promote and to do so more aggressively, Mr. Shaw stated. The minister also highlighted the ongoing strong partnership between Reynolds Pier in Ocho Rios, which Jamaican Bauxite Mining Limited operates and the Port Authority of Jamaica. Jamaican Bauxite Mining Limited, incorporated in 1975, is a government-owned entity with a business enterprise mandate. The company holds 51% equity on behalf of the government. In the bauxite operations of its current partnership, New Day Alumna Jamaica Limited. Utility Dive reports that U.S. President Biden's administration and Puerto Rico have signed a Memorandum of Understanding and launched a joint effort to accelerate the growth of renewable energy resources and strengthen the island's grid. The report states that the administration has promised that 2022 will be a year of action in the transition to 100% clean energy over the next three decades. The announcement comes as dozens of great modernization projects near construction and the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority prepares to sign a contract for a two gigawatt of renewable energy and one gigawatt of energy storage. The partnership announced last week includes three federal agencies, the Department of Energy's National Laboratory System and the Government of Puerto Rico. The group will complete a two-year study of how the island can reach 100% renewables by 2050 and meet a variety of interim targets along the way. Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority is in final negotiations for the first tranche of several proposed projects launching this year, according to the Department of Energy. The Puerto Rico Department of Housing this year will also implement a plan to enhance electrical system reliability and resilience, utilizing $1.9 billion in federal housing and urban development funds. Puerto Rico's renewable energy law passed in 2019 requires the island to utilize 100% renewable energy by 2050, along with interim goals, including 40% renewable by 2025, a coal phase-out by 2028, and a 30% improvement in energy efficiency by 2040. 721 News reports that Aruba, Curacao, and St. Martin and the Netherlands Antilles have reached an agreement submission of the proposal of the Caribbean Entity for Reform and Development. The Kingdoms Act form the foundation for a new form of multi-year cooperation between the countries in the kingdom. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the economies of Aruba, Curaçao, and St. Martin have been hit hard. The Netherlands offered help in the fight against COVID-19 and also supported with food packages. In addition, 1 billion euros in emergency support in the form of liquidity loans was provided to support public finances in the event of a sudden halt in economic activity. As a condition for granting the liquidity loans, 
It has been agreed upon that the countries will accelerate work on reforms that strengthen them. The countries are sticking to that agreement. The aim is to better enable the economy and society to cope with a crisis in the future and so that the governments are able to offer new opportunities to residents and businesses. To support the countries in this effort, it has been agreed that an independent Caribbean entity for reform and development will be established. The four countries reached the final agreements this week on the elaboration of the Kingdom Act. Changes compared to previous consultations include clearer agreements with the countries on the incorporation of the country's packages into various budgets. Aruba, Curaçao, and St. Martin have also drawn attention to a number of concerns regarding the enforceability of the law within the constitutional legal order. The Netherlands has promised to discuss this and to make agreements. The bill now goes to Parliament of the countries and the House of Representatives. Later in the process, the Senate is also considering it. Barbados Today reports that Barbados will seek to strengthen its relations with the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization. Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade and Senior Minister Coordinating for All Social and Environmental Policy, Senator Dr. The Most Honorable Jerome Walcott stated this during his recent courtesy call with Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization's Executive Secretary, Dr. Robert Floyd, who was on his first Caribbean and Latin American visit. Dr. Walcott and Dr. Floyd, along with the permanent representative to the United Nations office and other international organizations in Geneva, and non-resident permanent representative to the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization, Ambassador Chad Blackman, discussed the benefits Barbados could access from being a member state of the organization and the way forward in establishing a national data center. They also discussed the organization's celebration of 25 years since the signing of the treaty by 185 member states. The system it uses to detect nuclear testing, tsunami warning threat systems, using the data collected to assist Barbados in its weather forecasting, climate change adaptation and mitigation modeling, capacity building and technical training. Mr. Walcott said he was looking forward to a lively and engaging collaboration with the organization and was pleased that Barbados was the first stop for the executive secretary on his tour, which included Dominica, Costa Rica, and Mexico. Also present at the courtesy call was the United Nations Resident Coordinator for Barbados and the Eastern Caribbean countries and territories, Didier Trebuck, Permanent Secretary Simone Rudder, and other ministry officials. Barbados ratified the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty in January 2008 and has joined 169 other countries in doing so. NewsAmerica.com reports that the judicial authorities of the United States extradited the alleged Dominican drug trafficker Gusto Herman Rosario, accused of trafficking cocaine to the United States territory of Puerto Rico. 
Rosario, also known as Papine, was deported from the island of St. Martin for being considered the leader of a transnational criminal organization linked to the shipment of thousands of kilograms of cocaine to Puerto Rico from different Caribbean countries. According to the United States Department of Justice, if found guilty, the defendant could be sentenced from 10 years to life in prison. The indictment indicates that between February and December 2017, Rosario entered the U.S. territory with five or more kilograms of cocaine from Venezuela, St. Martin, and the Dominican Republic. This extradition is an important step in our fight against drug trafficking and transnational organized crime, said District Attorney W. Stephen Muldrow. He also said the Judicial District of Puerto Rico has established strong alliances with its neighboring countries to, above all, strengthen extraditions. The government of Guyana, through the office of the prime minister, has begun the installation process of 1,000 free internet access hubs across five regions. Dubbed the 1,000 Hubs Project, the initiative, which is a collaboration effort between the industry and innovative unit office of the prime minister and the National Data Management Authority, will result in thousands of persons benefiting from free Wi-Fi in Guyana. The hubs will be outfitted with 1,000 internet boxes presented to the government by Chinese multinational technology corporation Huawei in November last year. During the presentation, the Prime Minister Mark Phillips had said that the donation will assist his government in its aim to bridge the digital divide in Guyana. The LT boxes are capable of transferring 4G networks outdoor at over 300 meters and just below 100 meters indoor to more than 100 users at a time. The hubs are geared to complement the current installation of information and communication technology hubs in approximately 200 communities. The government of Guyana has been promoting information and communication technology development. At last month's budget, it was announced that 1.3 billion will be allocated to support the rapid development of the information and communication technology sector this year. Loop News reports that one of Antigua and Barbuda's former Olympians will add another achievement to his extensive sporting resume as he will be honored by Queen Elizabeth II this week. Veteran sailor turned sailor instructor Charles James in 2019 made the Queen's New Year's Honors list where he was selected to receive the most excellent order of the British Empire for services to sailing and national development. The Most Excellent Order of the British Empire is one of five classes of appointment to the Order of the British Empire. The awards ceremony had to be postponed due to the rise in COVID-19 cases at the time in the United Kingdom. He will join prestigious company as national hero and world-famous cricketer Sir Vivian Richards is the only other Antiguan athlete to be honored by the Queen. The two-time Olympian in the laser class, James started sailing in Antigua at the age of 12, when the largest yacht in the English harbor was 60 feet. 
Since then, he has achieved multiple awards in various sailing classes. In the Greater Caribbean, he is recognized as a pioneer in sailing education, holding the position of manager of the dinghy sailing program at the Antigua Yacht Club for almost 30 years, developing local youth aged 6 to 25 in the sport. James left the country on Sunday for the UK as the award is scheduled to take place today, Tuesday, February 8th. And finally, Muhammad's Tribune 242 reports that following the competition of the men's and women's college basketball games in December, the Bahamas will play host to the first Hoop Fest in Paradise Tournament for high school boys basketball teams. Local organizer Jeff Rogers reveal that the high school tournament will feature the majority of the top players heading to college when they come to compete from December 16 to 17 at the Kendall G.L. Isaacs Gymnasium, with games being aired live on ESPN from the Bahamas. Heading the list of players on the men's side are LeBron Raymond Bronny James, the son of National Basketball Association superstar LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers, Mikey Williams and Amari Bailey, while Janiah Barker is one of the top performers on the women's side. All of these players are projected to be among the top players heading into major Division I colleges before they become lottery picks in the NBA or Women's National Basketball Association. This is the first time that the tournament is being played outside of the United States and we're getting to host it. A major press conference involving the organization and both the Ministry of Youth, Sports and Culture and the Ministry of Tourism is planned for next week when more details surrounding the hosting of the tournament will be revealed. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, February 8. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Now, Meta.